Welcome to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. This podcast is brought to you by SavingYouTaxes.com and hosted by J. Barry Watts. As an advanced tax strategist and enrolled agent federally licensed by the IRS, Barry is uniquely qualified to go deeper into the Internal Revenue Code than most accountants. He understands and interprets its provisions explaining how they'll help you reduce income taxes you owe so you can direct that previously wasted tax money into tax-free accounts that you can enjoy in your retirement years. Now, on today's episode. Pay your kids to work for you? Believe it or not, you can do that and save on taxes. Your host of The Truth About Taxes and Retirement, Jay Barry Watts, will explain it all. I'm Patrice Sikora, and now, here's Barry. That's off to Doc Severinsen there and the Tonight Show Band that I see you've brought into the studio today, <laughs> Patrice. Thanks I so did. much. I did. I invited them in. They've been waiting to come. Oh, I appreciate that so much. It's a lot of fun to hear uh, that old song we hadn't heard in a long time. So welcome to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. I'm Barry Watts. I'm your host. And today we're going to talk about how to save on taxes by paying your children to work in your business. Now, let me just get this straight. This is not an allowance, right? No, it could replace your allowance, though. All right. So just hang with me. I think you're going to see that, that what's here's where this really goes. I'm going to give you all of it in a nutshell right up front. The nutshell is this. You're paying for all kinds of things for your kid to do. Summer camp registration and braces and mm-hmm. uh, piano lessons and dance lessons and parochial school clothing and whatever all these things are. You're paying for all of that, but you're paying for it with after-tax dollars. In today's podcast, I'm going to show you how to pay for it with before-tax dollars. Yeah, and this, right. yeah, it really works well. This strategy that I'm going to talk about is one that we use often when we're helping business owners to plan about how to save taxes. And depending on their tax bracket, the actual tax savings can be as much as $5,400 per child. So multiply $5,400 by the number of kids you have, and there's the potential tax savings. <laughs> you may be helping be the baby. You may be helping the baby boom here with this. Well, that could be. And, you know, this, uh, by the way, just pay attention. If you say, well, my kids are already grown up, it doesn't matter. Hey, grandma and grandpa, you could do this with your grandkids too. So let me explain how it works. And then we're going to go through some questions and answers uh, and try to backfill the things that might be a little bit confusing to you. Every U.S. taxpayer, including children, are allowed to earn $12,550 tax-free. This amount is referred to as the standard deduction. Now, you may have heard of itemizing or the itemized deduction. And that's where when you're paying your taxes, you get to list out what you have spent on uh, home mortgage interest and on medical expenses and on charitable gifts and on casualty losses. And that is subtracted from your income to determine what your taxable income will be. Well, for people who don't have enough to itemize because they don't have home mortgage interest or charitable deductions or whatever, there is the standard deduction. And the standard deduction that applies to every taxpayer in the United States is $12,550. So you might guess that our goal is to get the kids' income as close to $12,550 without going over because the first $12,550 they earn is tax-free. All right, two questions here. When you say child, what are we talking about a, a an age bracket here? 
Well, yes, we're talking about people who are still in your home and who are still uh, feeding off of your trough, so to speak. For purposes of our conversation today, we'll generally consider it to be under the age of 18, but okay. we'll go into a couple of questions later on that may actually answer that more specifically. So I'm talking about the person who's got a 10 or 12 or 14-year-old at home who they're sending a lot of money to uh, to support. And they're doing it with after-tax dollars, but they can do it with pre-tax dollars if they will be careful and pay attention to what I teach them to do today. All right. Now, does the child have to file an income tax return? Well, that's a good question because, you know, most children don't file income tax returns. And the answer to the question is it depends. Great. Don't you like, don't you like that answer? <laughs> Great. You know, they teach that in law school and accounting school. Whatever the question is, just answer it by saying, <laughs> it depends. I hate that answer. And there I gave it. We try to give people straight answers to simple questions. So let me see if I can really zero in and do this for you. If your child has more than $1,100 in unearned income, they must file a tax return. So what is unearned income? Mm. It's any income from any source that is unrelated to employment. So if your child has a savings account that pays interest, that interest is considered unearned income. If they own some stocks or some mutual funds that grandma or grandpa gave them, and it's in their name under their social security number, and those are paying dividends, well, then those dividends are considered unearned income. So if your child has more than $1,100 in this category, do not pass go, do not collect $200. They must file a tax return. They may not have to pay tax. In fact, they probably won't, but they still have to file a return. Okay. Now, in tax year 2021, if your child has more than $12,550 in earned income from employment, this is W-2 type income, they must file an income tax return. And again, they may or may not owe any tax, but they have to file a return. So here's what our goal is. Our goal is to pay your child up to $12,550, whatever amount you may want to, and to deduct that payment as an expense on the parent's income tax return related to the parent's business. Meanwhile, the child doesn't have to pay any income or any tax on the money because it is below the $12,550 standard. Actually, that makes perfect sense, really, when you put them together. But then I'm going to ask you the question, they're my kids. They already cost me enough already. Why am I going to pay them? Because they already cost you enough already is the answer to that question. <laughs> let's just think about what your kids cost you, not in terms of food, shelter, and clothing. But let's think about the extra things. You pay for piano lessons. Mm -hmm. You pay for dance lessons. Mm -hmm. You pay for golf lessons. Mm -hmm. Your child wants to be on the traveling baseball or basketball or volleyball team. You pay for summer camp. You pay participation fees for clubs and some of the classes at school. You may have a child that wants horseback riding lessons. You may have a child that uses school uniforms, a child that needs orthodontia, braces. Kids are really expensive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course, oh, yeah. some government studies indicate that to raise a child to age 18 costs about $280,000. Now, that's a lot of money, but they're well worth it. Yes. I wouldn't yes. take anything from my girls, Madison and Sydney and their mama, Kelly. And I know you've got some kids. You have daughters or sons? I, I can't have recall. three sons. Three sons. Three sons. Well, Ian, they Brendan, might... and Trevor. Ian, Brendan, and Trevor? Yes. Were they expensive when they were kids? Uh, yes. Three boys? Are you kidding? Yes. <laughs> okay. You probably had some of those traveling baseball teams or something like that. Uh, soccer, yeah. Ah, uh, soccer. Well, that you're on the East Coast. Soccer hasn't made it here to the Midwest yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. It's not quite true. But uh, for those of us old guys who don't get soccer, 
what they call football. It's like, no, football is with a pigskin, and that's what they play in Kansas City. Well, they did until the Super Bowl this year, but that's another topic. I'm off topic. So let's go back and think about it for a moment. Remember all those expenses you, you were thinking through? How do you pay for them? Well, you go to work, you generate income, then you pay the operating expenses of your company, and you take what's left, and you pay taxes on it, and only then Do you get to spend that money on yourself and your kids? So the big point is you are paying for your kids' expenses with after-tax money. Now, what if we could switch that and pay for all of those piano lessons, dance lessons, summer camp registrations, orthodontic braces? What if we could pay for all of that with before-tax money? Wouldn't that be a good thing? Yes. We can do it. And here's how we do it. We put your kids on the payroll of your company. You can pay them. You can deduct their wages as an expense for your business. So you pay your kid $12,000 in round numbers to keep it easy. You just got a $12,000 deduction. That's money that you won't have to pay the tax on. The kids Hmm. get the money in the form of a payroll check, and they won't have to pay any taxes on the money because – We're going to manage to keep their income below that $12,550 standard deduction. So this money is going to be tax deductible to you, tax-free to your kids. And when the money goes to your kids, it's going to go into a checking or savings account in the kid's name. That was my next question. The money is in the kid's name. The child. Yes, name. absolutely. It has to be in the kid's name. Mom and dad may be able to sign on the account. In fact, probably will be able to sign on the account. That's the way we would set it up. Although I think when I got my first checking account when I was eight years old in 1971. Okay, I'm doing the math real fast. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I bought, by the way, was a uh, uh, was a red first baseman's mitt, and it cost eight dollars and something. Oh, uh, nice. I remember that. I bought it at the Walmart in Aurora, Missouri, if anybody wants to know. <laughs> when I was a young kid, I had a checking account because that's the way my mom and dad taught me to do these things. And we had some income from the farm and from raising calves and things of that nature. So uh, all that money went into my personal bank account. And this is what you're going to do with your kids' money. You're going to put it into their personal bank account. You're going to deduct the wages as a, an expense for your business and then put the money in the account for the kids. And the kids are going to be able to use that money, that tax-free money, to pay for all the expenses of being a kid that you previously paid for out of your own checking account. I'm liking this. You're still paying for everything because it's your money that funded the child the old way. Mm -hmm. But by treating them as an employee and paying them, you are still paying for all their expenses, but you're creating a tax savings deduction for your company and tax-free income for your kid. It's all your money either way you do it. You can just pay all these bills with pre-tax dollars or post-tax dollars, and it's a far better thing to pay them with pre-tax dollars. Now, if I'm going to have my kid doing work, I want it to be quality work. This is not—you can't just tell them to dust a little bit, can you? Well, no, it has to be real work. They have to do something that is worthwhile. Now, the word worthwhile, of course, is— beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I mean, there's not really a a person who's out checking on these kinds of things. But if you ever got into an audit situation with the IRS, Mm -hmm. they could ask questions about this. And so you want to be sure that your kid is doing work that counts for your company. Um, And I don't think it's a bad thing, by the way, for kids to have to work. That seems to have faded in popularity these days. 
when I was a kid, we worked hard. I grew up milking cows and bucking hay. In the summer, when my peers went to the water park, I crawled on the back of a hay truck and I bucked bales for a nickel a bale. And we put them up high in the top of a barn loft covered in tin and blanketed by sunshine. The only airflow was a small hole the size of a small square bale of hay. And it got bad, hot, and dusty up there. But that's the way young men made their money in the farming community where I was raised. Now, fast forward today, and many of those agricultural jobs have disappeared. But think about this for a moment. Think about your company and your kid. Could your kid pick up trash on the parking lot of your workplace? Sure. Could they? Yeah, they could do that. Could they mow the lawn or pull the weeds from the flower bed? If, could you, you if they could leave flowers. the flowers behind, yeah. Yeah, well, sometimes you don't know. I remember, I remember uh, being so proud that I watered the flowers for my aunt. And of course, you know how kids like to use the hose in sprayer and turn it on like a like a gun, and it shoots a real. <laughs> so, so I beat the flowers to death with the hose in sprayer. My aunt wasn't very proud of me, but well, I thought I, you know, that's the way kiddos learn. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, the flowers survive. They were probably going to die in a few days anyway. Who knows? <laughs> you know, here's something else you could do. You can actually. Have two flower beds in front of your workplace, and you could have a competition between your two children, if you have two of them, on which one could grow the oh prettiest flowers over the summertime with a hundred dollar bonus for the pretty flower contest. Oh my gosh, that's brilliant! And of course, that's at the brilliant. end, I'm I'm pretty sure that it'll be a tie, and you'll have to wind up giving a hundred dollars to each kid. It's still maybe. gonna go into their accounts. Well, maybe you could have them shovel snow or uh, hmm. salt the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Here's just a partial list. They could make coffee or something for the office every morning. Their job is to clean up the bad coffee cups and and to make up good coffee cups. Here's one that I think is kind of interesting. I've heard people question it, but I know people who use this. Uh, they have their kids serve as a model for their company. And so they use the kids' picture on all their literature for the company. Anytime they print a brochure or something with a family, it's got their kid on it. And anytime they have a client event, their kids, I'm talking little kids, you know, yeah, four yeah. years old, their kids come to the client event and go around the room and kiss the people and show them their puppy oh, dog and whatever wow. it happens to be. And they give the kid a modeling fee for showing up at the office. They're four years old. That's perfect. They can't do much else. Isn't that interesting? That's- here's here's one. And this is kind of in your bailiwick. Your kid could be a voice talent on any radio advertising you're doing. Here in Southwest Missouri, we've got an auto dealer up in the city of Marshfield. Operation is called Don Vance Ford. And there's a young woman, I think it's his granddaughter probably, Mm -hmm. but his granddaughter is the voice of the company. And she's always talking about Don Vance Ford and how things are great there. And and then there's a guy up in Bolivar uh, who sells Kubota tractors. Those are the orange tractors. Right. And his daughter, no, no, his granddaughter is always on there. Her name is Kinsey. I don't know his name, but the granddaughter's (laughs) name is Kinsey. They're really hokey commercials. I don't really like them that very much. Most of them actually talk about the cat because in their dealership, they have a cat. They talk about the personality of the cat in the commercials. And then at the end, they say, oh, by the way, if you want to buy a Kubota tractor, why don't you come on up and buy one off my grandpa? Because that's good for me. Oh, that's like a soft sell. Well, exactly. And and so you can pay the kids for that. And I don't happen to know either of those people. I just gave them a free uh, pitch there. I, they are not clients of mine, but maybe they'll hear this and become clients of mine because they actually could be directing that money in a tax-free yes. way to their kids or grandkids. That would be very helpful. Brilliant. Um, your kids could clean 
inside your office. Vacuum, no, they can't clean their own the rooms. Trash. They can't clean their own rooms. Come on. Well, maybe maybe you ought to straighten up and be a better parent. Oh, oh, that hurts. Sorry, I don't I don't have time for the argument. You know, the simple <laughs> fact is, I, and maybe they can't clean, but if you teach them they could clean and paying them to do it would be tax deductible. How about that? Right. How about this? Can you use Instagram, Patrice? Do you have an Instagram oh, account? No, I do not. I do not. I don't I, either. I don't even know why we have those. No. But no. apparently it matters to young people because they all have Instagram and that's how they communicate back and forth. And there are companies who are using that very effectively. Well, who drives your social media marketing? If you're a business owner, most of you say, well, what social media marketing? Mm -hmm. I don't have any of that. That's I don't true. get that stuff. I understand. I don't get that stuff either. But your kids and grandkids get that stuff. Let them become the social media face of your company and do your Twitter and Instagram and Facebook kind of posts. Just check it before it goes out. Yeah, it'd be a good idea to yeah. have, have a reins on that. <laughs> That's great, though, too. They know yeah. the, they know social media. They do, yes. And let's give them credit for um, being smart kids and for having the ability, if you've raised them properly, to step up yes. at the right moment and do what needs to be done. How about this? How about an email autoresponder for your, your customers or prospects? You know, somebody emails in, I'd like to know about your XYZ widget. And your, your child who's 12 years old says, um, hi, my name is Sally, and uh, I'm with the company and my dad is the XYZ widget guy. And I promise he'll be back to you in 24 hours. That actually, I can even see a scenario where it would be good to insert that. Even if you didn't have it and didn't need the 24 hours, because people would feel good about the yes. fact that you had your kids working. Yes. I think they would. How often do you go in a workplace and the light bulbs are burnt out somewhere? Mm, that's really off putting. Yeah. How often do you change the HVAC filters at your office? <clears throat> uh, yes. Oh, I forget about yeah. those kinds of things. Yeah, these are things kids can do. Maybe they, maybe you run that some kind of shop that has uniforms or towels. Well, your kids could be responsible for coming in and doing the laundry. How about this one? If you have to do basic bookkeeping, tallying up. I remember doing this as a young elementary student with my, my mother, tallying up the day's receipts to prepare the bank deposit slip. Now, mom was watching over my shoulder. She made sure I didn't screw it up, but I'm there with her. So why not teach me about this? This is where my appetite for business was whetted. Mm -hmm. Why not teach me about this by helping and help me practice my numbers? Do they still teach numbers in school? I don't know. I don't know. There's this math, that math, new math, old math. I, yeah, don't, know. I, don't, I don't know. I have no idea yeah. what that, that math is. It's not <laughs> very common to my core. Anyway, let's have the kids. Run the column of numbers and tally up the deposit and be sure it's right. Let's have the kids build the spreadsheet that shows, you know, how many dollars we sold in this product, how many dollars we sold in that product. Now, now this is beginning to sound labor-like. Well, you're having to teach a kid to do all this stuff. Well, you're supposed to be teaching the kid anyway. Right. So this is a chance to spend time with your child, giving them a sense of value and purpose, teaching them to do something that's significant, that is helpful to you, and it allows you to pay them for the work that they're doing, and it allows you to deduct what you paid to them so they get tax-free money. And it's also teaching them about money, the value of money. Yeah. yeah. Listen, the more I talk about this, the more I think this is a great thing. Yes. We absolutely should be doing this. Now, now, when does a kid get too old for this, though? Well, somewhere out around age 18, probably, okay. Okay. because at that age, you have to start paying FICA on them. Until then, you don't have to pay FICA, which is Social Security and Medicare type taxes. Mm -hmm. So you, they're exempt from that even. Um, but what you should do, 
just to make this legit is you need to have an employee file on this child just like you have on every other child. And you should probably have an agreement in that file. It's going to be really simple. But it says here's what they're going to do and here's what they're going to be paid. And the wages you pay them have to be reasonable for the work. Now, what's the definition of reasonable? Well, you just kind of get to decide that. There's not a really good test for that. You know, I'm pretty sure if you're paying them $1,000 an hour, that probably exceeds reasonable. (laughs) But it would also but, bump them over the limit, so you don't want to yeah, do that. Yeah, well, no, not if you didn't work more than 12 hours. <laughs> true, true. But, uh, true. You know, so 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 reduce the hourly payment back to $10 an hour or whatever. It's got to be 11 to be uh, the minimum wage, I think, these days, if I recall correctly. But the point is the amount you pay them has to be reasonable. And you should keep records of the work the child performed. Maybe that's the way they get paid. They have to write down the work that they did. And then you pay them. That teaches them to be responsible and Mm -hmm. accountable and so forth. Now, there's no specific answer to your question about age. But here's a little guidance we have from the tax law that is favorable to us. There was a tax case, Eller versus the commissioner. And the tax court ruled that a child employee as young as age 70 was legitimate. Well, well, sorry, well, well, I said, yeah, yes, well sorry, yeah. but uh, you know, we're all going to get there someday. Apparently, I'm already there. My brain is. <laughs> How about this? A child employee as young as age seven was legitimate. So that kind of gives us some guidance. We know on the short end that seven has been acceptable. Now, a seven-year-old can't do what a 14-year-old can do, but a seven-year-old can get started. They can still add columns of numbers. Mm-hmm. Now, when is a child too old? Well, at age 18, as I said, the employer which is the parent, will have to start withholding FICA and Social Security and for Medicare, that kind of stuff. So if you'll think about the top end, it kind of goes from somewhere down around age seven up to about age 18. Okay. And at that point, you're probably kind of getting out of the zone in terms of what the cost is. And it might not be as worthwhile if you're having to pay your side of the FICA and Social Security and so forth. Um, secondly, there's a thing called the kitty tax. I want to save you all the details on the kitty tax. And I just want you to know that none of this $12,550 is subject to the kitty tax. So you don't have to worry about that special tax kicking in for your kid. Hmm. Now, Patrice, this is a really cool way to make your kid rich. Let me explain how this works. Just because you paid your kid this money, you don't have to spend it or allow them to spend it. Instead, They could put half of it into a Roth IRA account. The reason I say half is because the maximum amount that can be contributed to a Roth is $6,000. So if we were talking about a $12,000 transfer to the kids, half of that could go into a Roth IRA account. And, you know, Roth IRAs are those that will never be taxed again in the future. So that money will grow tax-free forever and ever going forward. So let's pretend that you're going to put $6,000 into a Roth and the other $6,000 you'll put into a regular taxable account. If you'll start this when the child is seven years old and you put in 6000 each year until they earn 18, you would have contributed $72,000 to the Roth side. <clears throat> and when that child is 70 years old, so they're ready to retire, if their account had just earned 5% per year, well, stop. What if you bought them Apple stock? <laughs> no, like no, that? no. This is good. This but is good. If, if, if the account just earned 5% per year, when the child is 70 years old, that account would be worth $1.2 million tax-free. Because it is a well, Roth. you got to, I think, make exactly sure that people right. know that. Yes. Wow. 
That is big, big money. But wait, there's more. <laughs> because remember, we had $12,000 to work with, and only half of it could go into the Roth. Mm -hmm. So the rest of it has to be contributed to a normal investment account. And if you did that until they were 70 years old, they would have $900,000 in that account. So all total, they would have the 900000 and the $1.2 they would have $2.1 million after tax, all because mom and dad or grandma and grandpa paid them and got a tax break for doing it back when they were kids. How do you like them apples, Patrice? They are as tasty as I think you could ever find. That, well, is, that is great thinking. It is. And, it, you know, this is what we do. We, we don't have to rearrange things in any grand way. We don't have to pretend there are things in the tax code that aren't there like some people try to do. We're just doing real basic stuff. I mean, you really didn't even need a consultant to teach you this. You just needed to understand taxes. And you want your kid to feel like they're contributing and learning about money. That's a big thing. Kids don't learn about money and finances today. And people complain about that all the time. I teach classes at Missouri State University mm -hmm. uh, on these kinds of topics. And in every class, people say, well, you know, uh, this needs to be taught to the young people. You need, And they're talking about the 20 and 30-year-olds, which is true. That does need to be taught. But this needs to be taught to the uh, 13, 14, 15-year-olds yes. yes. as well. Absolutely. Before they get a debit card or a credit card. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I know that some young people who shall remain... Uh, unmentioned, have trouble remembering to balance their checkbook, oh. keep, track of, keep track of what's in their account. So <clears throat> here's the deal about this tool, Patrice. It's really, really very valuable because you get the tax deduction. Your kids get all the money tax-free so they can pay for all of those expenses out of tax-free money. Or if you chose, instead, you could just put that money away for them, not let them touch it. When they turn to be 70 years old, they'd have over $2 million in their account. And they would love you, love you. Yeah, they will if they'll just not touch it for all those years. Now, I had a daughter that played tennis at the country club growing up, and she had a $250 tennis racket. And every few months, she'd go through a $200 pair of shoes. Mm -hmm. And she had $50 an hour tennis lessons. And she had a car to get there with dad's insurance and dad's gas. It was expensive to have her. Oh, yeah. I'm glad I had her. I enjoyed her. I enjoy her today. But all of that money was paid for with pre-tax dollars. Because we knew how to use the strategy to save taxes. So remember, for every $12,550 you get to your child, it can reduce your taxes by as much as $5,400. So for two kids, that's $10,800. For three kids, it's $16,200 in actual tax reduction. Hey, Grandma and Grandpa, listen up. Six grandkids, that's $32,000 in tax savings. Ten grandkids, that's $54,000 in taxes that actually stayed in the family Wow. instead of going to the government. Outstanding. See, this is the truth about taxes and retirement. And so if this truth resonates with you and you say, darn, there are things I need to do, because, you know, I've been listening to Barry's podcast for quite a while, and I just keep hearing the things I ought to implement over and over and over again. Well, you've got to take a step. And the step that you need to take is to learn the exact details about how to execute this strategy for yourself and the other kinds of strategies that we talk about. And the only way to do that is to reach out and talk to us. Call me, 
and I'll talk to you on the phone. I may not call. I may not talk when you answer. Uh, hello. Rewind all that. <laughs> call me. I may not be able to talk the minute you call, but I'll call you back and we'll talk about your situation and we'll talk about whether and how these strategies apply to you. And if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do that by simply going to our website, savingyoutaxes.com, savingyoutaxes.com, and you'll find all of the contact information there. If you enjoyed today's podcast and you found it helpful, then I hope that you'll click the share button on your app and send the podcast to friends or colleagues who might also find it helpful. And if you haven't done so, I hope that you'll subscribe to the podcast. And every time a new podcast is available, it'll be automatically downloaded for you. You can find all the podcasts at savingyoutaxes.com. There on the upper right-hand corner of the landing page, there's a green button that says, listen to our podcast. You click that button and you'll see the entire podcast library. Until next time, for savingyoutaxes.com, I'm Barry Watts, the host of the truth about taxes and retirement, reminding you that if you don't get the taxes right, nothing else matters. Thank you for listening to the Truth About Taxes and Retirement podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of SavingYouTaxes.com. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional tax and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your own qualified advisor with any questions you may have regarding taxes and investing.